up, everybody? The Gentleman's Double is back. This is Jake speaking. Today's going to be a quick uh, solo podcast kind of recap um, as we get ready to kind of build up our, our uh, recap podcast from our trip to Big Cedar Lodge last week. So a couple of the members of the pod are still traveling, seeing some other golf courses, doing some other things. So this is just kind of a, um, a bridge podcast to get us to that point where we can talk about everything that went on at Big Cedar as well as some other travels. So basically, uh, I'm going to go through the schedule for the PGA Tour um, and LPGA this week, uh, talk a little bit about what's going on with uh, some videos coming out of the U.S. Open and what course conditions might look like for that. And then uh, maybe maybe a little tiny tease, maybe kind of give you a little piece or part of um, some of the recap from the Gentleman's Cup last week at Big Cedar. So schedule for the week looks like this. We have on the PGA Tour the Palmetto Championship. This is a new event filling in for the Canadian Open this year, and that is going to be at Congaree uh, Golf Club in South Carolina, the 2017 Tom Fazio design. Uh, I've heard actually a lot of good things about this golf course. It's kind of um, Tom Fazio's late career, kind of trying to copy the trends of you know, guys like Doak and um, uh, Gil Hans to a degree and David McClay Kidd. So much more of a kind of a natural-looking golf course compared to a lot of the other Fazio designs out there. Um, reports on the ground are that despite a lot of rain, it's played really, really firm. Uh, I'm recording this podcast kind of at the beginning of round two. Um, the overnight leader was Dustin Johnson, who kind of interesting to kind of see him uh, finding some form right now because we've seen uh, it's been really a, kind of a rough year for DJ in some ways. Hasn't really played all that great since the November Masters, um, but had a, just an unbelievable round uh, yesterday. Had a lot of approach shots and very, very close and had a lot of great looks. Um, so it's kind of, kind of interesting to see him rounding into form just one week before we head to Torrey Pines for the U.S. Open, which... Theoretically, just like many, I mean, pretty much any golf course for Dustin Johnson could be a really good setup for him just because that's a huge ballpark um, and one that they see multiple times per year. So something that he's probably very, very familiar with. Some of the other stories coming out of this tournament, though, are, are really kind of interesting ones around the field. Really bad field this week, just an absolute dog shit field, which is a bummer because it's a, an interesting event at a cool golf course that if if um, it became kind of something that was a little had a little bit more um, spice to it, maybe it would be a, a course that we see return um, for another event. Obviously, the Canadian Open will most likely be back on the schedule next year as the fallout from the pandemic starts to kind of uh, kind of move away. So, yeah, I'm kind of bummed because it seems like it's a it's a really good golf course actually that has played interesting in day one. I watched a lot of the coverage yesterday, and like I said, despite rain that they had in the week, angles kind of mattered a little bit, which was neat. It was fairly firm. Greens maybe a little bit softer, but that's okay. Um, and yeah, it, it seems like it could be a cool place, but with the field being so bad, full of you know, guys who are basically no longer tour players, using exemptions, um, things like that. It's it's kind of a tough look, I think, for the PGA Tour. Not to mention, you have a lot of guys on the Corn Ferry Tour who, I mean, this would be a great week to call up some of those names that have been 
really, really hot lately, like Steven Yeager, for example. Um, and to get more of that, that group of guys who are really on the cusp of the PJ Tour and are going to finally move up after this extremely um, extended uh, sort of freeze on the, um, on the tour cards, it would be good to see them in an event like this. That's what I, I just can't figure out, especially a week before the U.S. Open, um, where many of them have gone through sectionals and, and have most likely, uh, well, I shouldn't say many of them, but uh, some of them have gone through sectionals and qualified. Others have made it on other merit. So, yeah, field being really bad is, uh, is definitely kind of a downer. However, and I was just talking to Vince via text, he's MIA today as well, um, there is kind of a cool highlight in this field, and that is uh, Wilco Niebauer, who I don't know if you guys have seen any of, uh, uh, of this kid. Just what a move. Unbelievable golf swing out of the kid, first of all. Um, I believe he's – got to get his country where he's from. I think Wilco is from – let's find out here. I'm just going to Google this real quick. He's from South Africa. There you go. So South African kid just absolutely melts it. I mean, it is the most natural sort of um, effortless power that you could possibly imagine. And he, I mean, he's 30 to 40 yards past DJ um, this week on the average list. So that's, that's pretty wild. Um, and if you get a chance to tune, on some cover, uh, tune into some coverage, he looks like he's going to make the cut right now. So you'll be able to kind of tune in and, and watch some of that. Uh, and see this kid who's young and up and coming, um, and just—I mean, he's not even that big, really, kind of a tall, lanky kid, but just absolutely flushes this thing. It's unbelievable. So, there you go. That's the highlights for uh, Palmetto at uh, Congaree this week. Next up, we have on the uh, LPGA tour, we have the Metahill Championship. Um, this is cool because it's prime time viewing, right? Still on the West Coast, they're just coming off the. The U.S. Open and uh, Yuka Sasso's incredible win at Olympic Club. Um, and they head basically just right across the lake to Lake Merced Golf Club for the Meta Heel Championship. Uh, it's really nice leaderboard right now. I mean, obviously, with how close it is um, in, uh, in terms of location to the U.S. Open, you expected a lot of those players to sort of just go to the other side of the lake, basically, and uh, uh, get in this event. So currently you have the leader being Leona McGuire, who's had just an incredible season. Um, and also, like, in the top ten right now, you have Allison Lee, who's played well in spots this year. N.B. Park, I mean, we don't really need to even go too far in terms of what a legend of the game she is. Jennifer Cupshow, who's really been showing more and more form, and I think um, is starting to show signs of, like, that promise that I think a lot of people maybe unfairly, like, lumped on her after the Augusta National Women's Amateur win. But, um, yeah, she's starting to really show some, some great form lately. And then, finally, a pod favorite, Patty Tanikit, is uh, in the mix as well. So a good leaderboard for the Metahill Championship um, out at Lake Merced Golf Club. And, like I said, primetime viewing. So for those of you that you, know, you flip on golf channel all day and you're, you're watching the, the, um, the PGA Tour or the European Tour um, and you want to be able to you know, watch something at night. Maybe the NBA playoffs aren't that entertaining to you. They've been extremely entertaining to me. But maybe you, you, know, you want to watch some golf at night. Give the LPGA a chance. Uh, I think lately their product has just been really good. Um, and, and really like 
the golf courses they've been playing, super interesting. The fields have gotten deeper and deeper. Uh, and I think like this, the kind of stretch that they're on right now is really cool. Uh, seeing the contrast actually too between properties going from Olympic Club to Lake Merced, even though they're basically in the same zip code almost, uh, and seeing how different those properties are, how different those courses play, and also how you know those women attack them differently uh, is super, super interesting. So be sure to check that out, some prime time viewing. On the European tour this week too, we don't really talk a ton of European tour. Usually we just give you guys the results when we do our recap pods, but this week is a sick event on the European tour. It's the Scandinavian Mixed. So this is a, an event that has um, men and women playing on uh, the same course and actually competing in the same leaderboard. So it's a co-sanctioned event between the European Tour and the uh, Ladies European Tour, the Let Tour. Um, and we got a kind of a good mix, right? So like right now in the top five, we have uh, um, four male golfers, but there is Caroline Headwall uh, sitting there in second after round one. So this is, this is some early viewing. Um, you can pop this on, you know, uh, right off the bat in the morning and it's time we do breakfast and check this out on golf channel, but really kind of a dope event, something I'd like to see more, uh, in the game anyway, especially cause it would bring some eyes to the LPGA tour, which like I just said, has been really great lately. Um, and we've also seen this, actually this event take uh, an event like this take place in Australia and that got a lot of praise as well. So uh, if you got some time this weekend, some really unique events between the um, Scandinavian mixed, which, like I said, something we don't see normally and is some morning golf for you. Then you have your, your normal PGA Tour golf, but at a different golf course, a different view, a different look, something to tune into for, for that, even though the field's kind of shit. And then finally at night, you can you know watch the Meta Hill Championship, which is take place out on the West Coast and see the best women in the game. Um, take on uh, another classic design, you know, two weeks in a row. So kind of a, a neat week as we crest and head into um, the U.S. Open. So uh, just some quick preview. I don't want to call it preview, really. We probably will we'll try to get together and do a preview pod for the U.S. Open, um, despite the fact that everybody's like running around like a madman lately, and we don't have a lot of time to, to record. But... Um, we saw some early U.S. Open reports drop this week. So I have two, like, real news items, one of them uh, really focusing on that uh, stuff that we've seen coming out of U.S. Open. So I think Callaway posted a video of Xander Shoffley trying to hit a, a shot out of rough. I think we get this before every major anymore, unless it's, a um, like, a, an open championship situation or Augusta. We don't really see a lot of rough talk at Augusta. But, uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to play the way that you would expect the U.S. Open course to play. And similarly to how we saw Tory play um, in, in 2008, which was obviously an absolutely incredible U.S. Open and, and an incredible venue in that time. I think that's the hard thing to um, separate about Tory Pines, right, is the last time that we went there for a U.S. Open, it produced one of the for me, probably the greatest U.S. Open since I've been alive in some ways, right? 18-hole playoff on a Monday, you know, the greatest player of all time, taking on this sort of, like, blue-collar everyman golfer um, on a broken leg. I mean, I remember exactly where I was when this was going on. I remember, you know, skipping out on work and, like, going into, like, the lunchroom where I worked and, and, and watching this. 
Um, and so I think a lot of times when we talk about Torrey Pines as a U.S. Open venue, we go back to the magic of that. However, I think like these, these videos that we see that just sh like show us how long the rough is and it's kind of bullshit about like how the course is going to play, in some ways, I think that that should maybe curtail our excitement a little bit. First of all, the cast of characters is different. We see Tori every year. I mean, they play an event there every single year. And I think the other thing is, is that, realistically, it's just not that good a golf course. It's beautiful views. It's, you're on a, an incredible piece of property. And it probably could be a better golf course. I mean, I'm, I'm not a designer. I've never been to Tori to play golf. I mean, I've walked around there when I was in California, but never played that course. What I can say from seeing it on TV is it's, it's kind of hard to, uh, you know, be distinct about which hole is which, right? They don't, the holes don't necessarily stand out um, to the viewer watching on TV, uh, except for 18, which can get, you know, pretty Mickey Mouse at times. So I think overall, as we kind of head into this U.S. Open week and we start to, like, look at, you know, who could contend or... Um, how should we look at, at someone's form going into this? We have to remember a couple of things around the fact that, again, these guys play here every year. Some guys play better here than others do. Um, you know, they're only going to be playing one course at Torrey. This is not like the, the event that we see each year, so there, there will be a little less variation in terms of scoring than we see on a, a regular basis. And then the other thing is we're seeing all these videos about the rough and, and the way the course is playing, but they're going to cut some of this stuff before the players get there. We saw this um, just a few weeks ago at the PGA where we were seeing all these videos about the way the waste areas were uh, at the PGA. And as we got closer and closer, adjustments were made to that setup. Um, and some of those waste areas or, or long grass areas were sort of um, uh, cut down a little bit, made a little bit more benign. Um, the golf course was softened slightly. We saw that after round one. Uh, and I, so I think like all this uh, chatter around how tough or like what Tory is going to play like is potentially unfounded right now. We just really don't know until we get deeper into the week and we get some, some more reports. So, yeah, just, just some news out of the U.S. Open venue as we see um, a lot of the players that skipped Congaree this week um, heading over there to get in some practice rounds and to see the course and, and things like that. So, um, yeah. Should, should be interesting to um, try to get a handle on who can play well there. And and also, like, the big question, which is, like, is this really that great of a site? At least that's a, a big question for me. So that's my, my big news item on the U.S. Open. The other news item comes from last week's U.S. Open, and that uh, – U.S. Women's Open, I should say. And, and that really revolves around, you know, Lexi Thompson. Um we were in Branson for our trip to Big Cedar Lodge, and there was some chatter around uh, Lexi's collapse as we were kind of sitting at the airport watching that all go down last week. Um, as we were also watching it, and I probably should have said this in the beginning, Patrick Cantlay win um, the memorial over Colin Morikawa in the playoffs. So we were watching those two simultaneously, and um, we kind of were watching Lexi leak oil for a couple holes there. And obviously a very tough situation, right? She's never won a U.S. Women's Open. Um, has not had great form over the last couple of years. But yesterday, uh, a request was put in for an interview with her, and that was denied. So 
it seems as though, and this is something that we have to take into account with all athletes, right? We've just seen this happen in tennis and other sports. Like, I think a lot of times um, we as the public and reporters and people like that really want to get that raw emotion from athletes about things they did great and also about their failures. Uh, and sometimes that's really hard. And this seems to be something that's affecting Lexi Thompson in a, in a certain way. She's not really ready to talk about that yet. And whether that's a newsworthy item or not is really up to you. But um, from, from my perspective, I think it's uh, worth our time to consider that you know, athletes need their time to digest those things. Um, and clearly, Lexi is not really ready to get into the fact that um, some of the deficiencies in her game really, really let her down coming down the stretch. Um, and, and, you know, allowed a, a player who had a horrible start, like Yuga Sasso's start last week um, with two doubles on the front. Uh, in the end, like, her perseverance is what really won that for her. So, yeah, I think, I think it's an interesting piece uh, and something for us to keep an eye on uh, for when Lexi really does speak on kind of how she views the events of last weekend. So that's really it for pro golf this week, guys. Um, not a whole lot of extra stuff really to say as we're only kind of partially through round two, the PGA Tour and uh, European Tour, as well as uh, waiting on the third or second round of the Medicare. For our trip to Big Cedar, though, I don't want to give too much away because I want the boys to be on here to talk about it. I will say a couple quick things. It is fucking phenomenal golf. It's great golf. I hope we get into the, the depth of what that property uh, has to offer because there are just some incredible views, some incredible holes, um, and some really, really interesting things to do and, and sort of see in terms of like golf design. So that'll be something I think we can get into um, when my crew is back with me. I think the other thing, at least from my perspective, that's worth saying is I fucking hate traveling after spending um, many, many hours in an airport after a canceled flight and without my bags and with all these other things that, you know, Branson is not the easiest place for some of us to get to. Like if you're an East Coaster like me, um, not super easy. So that was definitely a little bit of a bummer. Logistics with Big Cedar and getting to Big Cedar and even when you're at Big Cedar are, are kind of tough. And I'm sure we'll talk about those things going forward. But it was an incredible trip. And uh, Dougie's kind of still extending that trip. He's at a super secret locale right now. Um, he's going to get in a, a couple rounds, and then he will uh, be back on the pod this weekend to recap those. So I'm excited to, uh, I'll be excited to talk about those as well. But, um, yeah, don't want to give too much away about Big Cedar, but fucking just phenomenal, really, really good golf, uh, really cool place, and uh, something that I can't wait to expand on as we, you know, all get back together. So... All right, I said it was going to be a quick one, and it is. I hope you enjoyed it. 20 minutes of my voice. I know that's a long time to just listen to one person. But um, we, we really appreciate you guys. We know it's been a little tough um, keeping up with us, uh, and us being able to get constant recordings out has not really been easy lately with, with work and personal life and travel and all these other things. So um, we, we appreciate you sticking with us, and uh, hopefully in the next couple days we'll have some, some really great content for you, okay? Thanks a lot, and as always, if uh, you know you're going to have a sip, make sure you make it a double. Thanks a lot.